All right, guys, welcome back. We got the Bergesons here in the house, in the studio. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having us. Uh, so we got Lacey and Braun. Where did we meet? Uh, oh, I think you reached out to me on Instagram. I did. Yeah, I did. And then and then we went to Big Shots, right? And then yeah. we kind of got to know each other there. And then yeah. we've, we've rubbed shoulders with a lot of the same people. So yeah. Yeah. about a year ago. The real estate world is. That sounds about right. So. Yeah. Yep. The real estate world well, is smaller. Right now, I guess. <laughs> getting smaller. It's getting smaller. I heard it's actually really 60,000 agents didn't renew their license just recently. Nationwide. Oh, yeah. I was like. Yeah, here in St. George. Well, okay, yeah. I know. 1700 in St. George. But. Bron, you have your license. You do yep. that, but you also have a pest control company that you've been running for almost about 19 years. Ooh, 19. I do not even makes me that long. That makes me sell one. It's only 20 years. Really it's just here in St. George, though. Uh, it's Mesquite to Cedar. Okay, cool. 19 years. Yeah, crazy. That's awesome. And then you're you're doing a bunch of stuff on Instagram, and you sell a little bit of stuff on there too, right? Making yeah, money. a little bit. I actually, it's kind of weird. I just kind of stepped back from it. Just. A week ago. So yeah. I'm in a weird transitional phase right well, now. I'm but. curious if we just jump into that maybe. I mean, why, what, you know, what's the reason why on that? Is there any any big reason or is it just, yeah, I just want to do something else? Um, So I started doing Instagram stuff probably, what, three or four years ago and loved it. It's been so fun. I grew my following. It was awesome. I had so many fun opportunities. And then I've kind of gotten to a place in motherhood that yeah. I don't have quite as much time outside you know and I just like want to be with my kids a little bit more and not that Instagram doesn't do that it's great because you can do that but it got to a point where I think I was just ready to shut out the noise kind of and step back and so it was kind of on a whim and I actually was going to do it months ago and then we were training for an Ironman and I'd been posting my journey about that and I was like I'll wait till that's done over yeah and then uh, kind of transition over. So I did that and I feel like there's something big on the horizon for me, but I'm not sure what yet. I love that. And that was part of that, like clearing out some of the yeah. noise and just opening it up for whatever opportunity comes my way. So I love that. I love being able to look at things that way. It's like you only have a certain amount of time, energy and attention to give to something. And it's like, you guys seen that? I don't know. There's like this picture of Jesus where he has this like big teddy bear behind his back. And then the little girl's like, I got that little one. Like, I don't want to let it go. It's like, that's the thing that I think of all the time in business where it's like, like me and me and my wife, Corinne, we were just talking today. It's like, we have these big goals and like what we want in passive income. And, and we, um, we just sold a property and we, so we got a big check and we're like, Hey, well now what do we do with that to be able to yeah. go and put it in something else to create more passive income? And we started doing the numbers on it and the numbers aren't real great right now because like your interest rate is so high. Mm-hmm. And, and so we're just like, Cal, if we really want to perform at a high level, we need to start making like multiple seven figures yeah. like, to yep. be able to get to where we want to be quicker. Yeah. And so exactly what you're saying, we're like, what can we get rid of to be able to get to that point? Yeah. And like, so like with the energy thing, I feel like there's a lot of output going out that sometimes it, you don't realize how much is going out until you block those channels off, you know? And that was one for me. I deleted like over 8,000. Well, it was actually like 10,000 followers and then Mm. didn't realize how much time I was spending on my phone. And not that that's a bad thing. I was doing great things with it and I loved it, but it was nice to just shut that out and realize that I had now an extra hour to my day of what do I get to fill it with? Yeah. Now what? Cool. Yeah. yeah. And we have to be careful with what we fill it with it because it's yes. going to be filled by something. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes. So I'm trying to be careful with what I fill it with until yeah. find the, the purpose there. But yeah, that's cool. So, I, so, I mean, I kind of see you guys this way. Like Braun is like the stoic 
calm, collected, wise rock. That's like yeah. that's brawn. Yep. Right. 100%. And then you're like the creative, wild, fun, yep. go meet meet people, go do things, try new things. And Bron's just there to like hold you hold you down he just is. in case, right? He is. I'm that's you guys. Cannon and he's probably fairly accurate. Yeah. 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 In a, in all good ways. Well like that, but that's that. yeah. that's kinda yeah, for the listeners, I feel like that's probably a pretty good way to describe you yeah. pretty as individuals in a relationship. We're polar opposites for sure. Total opposites. So, it's fun. But just, just, I don't want to say clash in a good way, but it's it, it pretty seamless in, in how we, I guess, operate our roles. Yeah. yeah. So you'd call it somehow. Yeah. Kind of how you described it. It works well for us. That's cool. And opposites, I feel like, are good to be able to have because you complement each other. But 100%. I'm curious to know your, your answer on this question for um, just the listeners. Like, you guys have a family. Right. You have kids, you guys, obviously, like, so, but you have multiple businesses, multiple things going on. You're, you're driven. You have, you just did Iron Man. You've got other things that you have goals and dreams to do. So you're busy. Yeah. How do you keep a strong marital relationship through that and a strong relationship with your kids? Good question. That's very good. Cool. You want to take it or do you want me to? You go ahead and I'll walk. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're going to be the rock. I'll be the rock. You'll be the backup. I'll, if I need to jump in here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, it's funny because we were just talking about the other night we got in bed and I said, you know what I really like about our relationship is we always go to bed at the same time. Mm. And I feel like that has grounded us in a relationship from the beginning. That has never wavered in us. I mean, granted, when we had newborns, it was a little bit different. But yeah. but really, for the most part, I think straight across the board is we start and end our day together. And I have really loved that. I think it keeps us very in tune. And that's our time to kind of talk go over our day and just kind of fill each other in on where we are and I think it's helped a lot. Yep. I we check in we check in with each other a lot. Whether it's planning, um planning, um be weekly planning. We'll often each night check in what's your day look like tomorrow? Uh so we do daily check in, weekly check in. And then we I feel like we often have something going that we're doing together. Most recent Iron Man. It's something we did together. Yeah. We didn't realize how busy that would be for us, but um, I feel like that was a huge, a huge, like, coming together for us. Yeah. Because we were doing something pretty crazy and wild together. And I think little things like that just touchstones daily and weekly where we just check in. Even hourly, though, because we are one of those couples that talk all day. Like, even when he's at work, we're texting, we're... Yeah. If he's in the car for a while, he'll call me and check in. How's your day going? What does it look like? And so kind of just knowing where each other's at, even minute to minute, hour to hour, beneficial for us. Stock them and find friends and all that, right? Uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm probably more that way. Make sure he's out at the lake <laughs> or still like out of town <laughs> or somewhere where I know she's flying solo. Yeah. I'm just, I don't, I'm probably over. I appreciate it. <laughs> in a good way. Not, not a creepy way. No, I, I like that a lot. Just the little things. I like the going to bed at the same time so that you can talk. I like the weekly planning so you can talk. And not every listener is married and has kids, but for those people specifically, and then also for those that do have kids, you'll know this. It's tough when you have kids to communicate. So it's tough to go and do an Ironman together. So hard. It's very difficult because, and especially if you have a newborn, but even just young kids, you got to get a babysitter yep. and they got to be on time. And they got to, it's almost like, <laughs> if it's your family, it's like, 
you, you almost feel like you're like stepping on toes. Yep. yep. There's so much that goes into that that people that don't have kids don't really understand. And so I think it's it's awesome. It's commendable that you guys do that. And I think it's important. Thanks. 100% agree. That's where we, as I say, I, I said we didn't realize the undertaking it would be. And we often felt guilty for how often we were using, I call it our circle, family and, yeah. and friends to, to step in and help. But it, at the same time, it did multiple things. I feel like I realized one, it would, it would push us, and I was forced. We were both forced to do things. The whole point of, I and mean, a lot of why we were doing it was to push ourselves and to one show our kids that you can accomplish seemingly you don't think you can do, don't want to do. Um, one thing that I think we're working on is trying to make ourselves a little more comfortable, uncomfortable, being uncomfortable. Yeah. And so I like that. Having having to always find people to babysit, not always being able to, it would force us to, you know what, one of us has to get up get creative, and yeah. go swim. Yep. Or else it's not gonna happen that day. Yeah. And so I think it, it it pushed us that way and then also uh one of the big reasons we've talked about doing it is showing our kids that you can do things you, you just might have to look at it differently. Yeah. Of course. Sacrifice. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Well, you wake up at four thirty. You can always find time. You may be yeah. tired. <laughs> yeah, I would say it's not always going to be convenient, but you, yeah. Not. Yep. And I feel like I don't know if you guys agree, but I I feel like it's sustainable for a few months. I don't know if it's sustainable for a lifetime. You gotta get like you know, but yeah. where you have a goal. Yeah, I think it's awesome. And also, I think for us, our circle, when we expressed what our goal was, our circle that became their goal. Right. Like my parents, his parents, everybody that helped us out wanted us to achieve our goal just as bad as we did. So it was really cool how they all came together to make that happen for us, too. There's here's here's one that I want to talk about. And it's it's going to be like there's friction here. And that's why I want this question to be out there. I was at the gym yesterday with a friend. He brought this up and I'm like, this is a good one. This is a good one. This is a good question for you guys. He goes, hey. Um, we don't know whether, you know, he's just talking. He's like, I don't know if we we're going to have another kid. It's just so hard. Pregnancy so hard on the dads. And I'm like, yes, it is. And he's, he, okay, to be fair, he's not saying that it's not hard on his wife too. But his, as a guy, and I'm, he's talking to a guy who has three kids, one on the way, wife's pregnant, me right now. Like he's saying like, yeah, I don't know how you guys do it with three. And then you got one on the way, like pregnancy, I hate it. And so we start, I was like, well, why? Like, and he started getting into it. And I was like, I feel the same way. And I think that a lot of other guys feel the same. So this is what he said. He's like, it's difficult because, and I'm just going to be raw and honest. Like when you, when your wife gets pregnant, she can be sick for the first trimester. So intimacy. Or longer. Or longer. Doesn't happen for a guy. So you go from a schedule to nothing. And as guys, I don't care who you are, even if you're stoic brawn. It is going to be yeah, still got extremely needs. difficult <laughs> to be able to be stoic if you're not, if you get thrown off your schedule. Yeah. Right. And you just do. And then it said for him, it was kind of funny. He said, then the last trimester, and I'm not going to say who this is because this is funny. <laughs> he's like, then his wife gets this huge libido and wants to have sex all the time. And he's like, but babe, I, I'm not like you're, you're, 
almost you're eight months pregnant and I'm not like crazy attracted to you right now. I love you, but interesting. Okay. And so it's like this big topic for that nobody talks about as a guy. And as a woman on your side, you're like, I'm sick. I'm uncomfortable. If you have a baby during the summer in St. George, it's hot. Uh You don't love your body. You don't feel sexy. You don't want to have sex because you don't love your body. I mean, these are things that I hear all the time. Can we talk about that? Can we talk? Sure. Is that okay to talk about? Like, as a couples, what would you give, like, advice to other couples that are having kids, going, they have it now, they've struggled with it in the past, they're pregnant now. How do you get through that as a couple? That's, I, I totally think, I think everything should be talked about because how else do you kind of come to conclusions or, or solve problems? So I, I've found, and I've not always been good at this, and I still often struggle that I, this is where the, the checking in daily thing, I would often just pull things and just, I would get almost, um, the word, I, I would get frustrated and I would, I, basically I would just bottle things up yeah. and just start to get frustrated and upset. And I'm like, you have no idea. I haven't even talked to her. Yeah. And so I think that's where the checking in for us. And like I say, I'm not one to, I'm not, I'm not like, I don't seek confrontation. I don't love it. So I, I have, I honestly avoid it unless deemed necessary to be like, you know what? No, I got I got it about this. And so that's where, I mean, me checking in with her and I, you have to, I think you just, there has to be zero barriers, whether it's that, that's not one that I'm, it's a, it's an awkward thing for me sometimes to talk about. And so but I have to be upfront and be like, this is what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And I have needs. You do. You feel this way. I feel this way. I think it can be a simple conversation. Probably not always, but I have to, and I've realized I have to bring it to her and be like, this is where I'm at and this is how I feel. Tell me what you think and figure it out. Let's find a yeah. solution. It may not be the solution I want short term, but I know... Nine months isn't technically necessarily short term, but in the grand scheme of things it is. And let's just figure out how we can make it work for now. And then, I don't know, what do you think? No, I agree. I think, so Brown and I did premarital counseling before we dated for almost two years. And honestly, like anybody out there that is not married and is dating someone, do premarital counseling. It's the best thing ever. And we've gone to counseling as well since we've been married a few times. And, And we honestly like don't have major issues in our relationship, but we also get stuck in the same conversations over and over again, right? You'll get in fights with your spouse that start as something and they end as something else. And it's always the same thing for us. You know, it would always keep coming back. So that was one thing I think that really our therapist talked to us about was the communication factor of like, I don't want intimacy when I don't feel loved in certain ways. Sure. Ron, in return, he wants physical connection. All the time. Because he's a man, right? He's a man. And that's how he feels connected, is physically. Most men. Yeah, Most I men. would say generally right. that's probably pretty true. And that was something that I had to realize, like, when he's, you know, initiating something with me, it's not because he is just trying to get something and leave. It's because he feels distant from me. And in pregnancy, right. go back to your question, I, I feel like that happens really quickly, right? The woman feels like, I'm growing this human for our family. Yeah. How dare you? Yeah. feel like yeah. I you know I that I'm not reaching out because I'm yeah. doing this for us right 
And I think when you can have that open communication and say, hey, I'm reaching out for intimacy because I feel distant from you or because I need connection from you. I think that lets your guard down. At least for me, it does. When I hear him say, I, I don't feel connected to you, I'm way more likely to want sex that night as well, right? Because I'm like, oh, it's a connection thing. It's yeah. not it's not anything more than that. And I have, I've always appreciated that aspect of it, of viewing it from that angle. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. What you said where you're saying, like, I'm growing this human for us. Yeah. I've heard that same thing on the guy's side for I'm building this business for us. Sure. Don't you realize that I'm spending all this time at work? What do you mean you need me home at five? Valid. It works on both sides, right? 100%. And so I think what you're saying is key that how do we come together to just be able to find neutral ground where we can find connection? Yeah. How do we connect? Because that's what we want anyway. Yeah. And I think a lot of times humans in general, this is something I've really been learning in the last couple of years, going to therapy, doing, you know, a bunch of different things to like help understand how I work and how my spouse works and friends work. But just one of those things is like, when you meet somebody with compassion and not anger, even in your own spouse, sometimes I think it can come across as that, right? Like, how dare you think anything because I'm doing this for us? That comes across a little aggressive or it can be hurtful sometimes. But if you meet them with compassion of like, I I really want to be with you tonight or I, I want to do this with you, but I'm missing this, it really humanizes somebody and, and makes you understand that all of us are feeling things and we need things from our spouse, from our friends, everybody around us, but we're not very good at communicating that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's true. Because our love languages are very different. Totally. Sure. Yeah. And, and guys... we've changed several times too. Like I used to be a huge physical touch person when we were mm. dating. And since having kids, I still appreciate physical touch, but it's definitely a lot less yeah. because I'm literally touched all day long. So by children. Yeah. yeah. And it's a different touch, obviously, but like you're still, I'm like, I need to breathe for five seconds and it's not you. Oh, that's good. Can we go one level deeper? Just one? Yeah. So here's another thought that I have that I want to get out and just talk about for a second. So this is something that um, the same guy talked about. He said when his wife didn't want sex throughout the pregnancy, the way he described it is, you know, he's like, you know, I just. I don't know what to do when my wife is a dead fish. Now, he doesn't, is calling her a dead fish, but you get what I'm saying. Yep. She's not moving. She's, she's, a me, she's not into it, right? Starfish is sometimes another term. There you go. Just lay there. You're just there. <laughs> and it's like, all right, do your thing, you know, feel better, and then let's get on with the day. Mm-hmm. To a guy, um, I get his point. Like, you, you want to connect. There, I get that women could, you know, feel like, well, you just, here we go again. But as a guy, you really do, you know, find connection there too a lot of the time. But one of the things that we talked about too was for a guy, and may, maybe this is for a girl, but I'd love to hear the girl's side of this because I agree as a guy. One time having intimate sex with your spouse is is worth 20 times of just... We'll call it the dead fish. Yeah. Okay. Like with just that one time where you really connect, you're into it together. You both have that connection is just like, you, you're, you're almost good for like a, you know, how, you know, if you're like every other day kind of person, like you're good for two weeks almost like you, you were like that made me feel super connected. Yeah. So 
curious to know woman's side of things, guy's side of things. What are your thoughts on that? Like, I don't, let's see where it goes and what rabbit hole we go down. <laughs> but how do you like, how do you come together as a couple to be able to actually be intimate with everything that's going on in life? Communication. Back to that. 100%. Yeah. Like, and it's funny because we, not super recently, but within the last few years, have had kind of this same struggle of like, he wants intimacy more intense than I do, right? And sometimes I'm like, you're a woman. It's kind of exhausting. It's a lot of work. <laughs> not this, not that I don't enjoy it the entire time. I do, but it's also the after. Like, it's a yeah. lot more work before and after for a woman. Sure. So sometimes it, you know, becomes more of a thing. And that was one thing that we really communicate All with. women, by the way, right now are going, yep, she's right. <laughs> but it's true. It, right. It's not as easy. Like, it's just not. And but that's also something, side note too, is if you as a woman don't want sex with whoever your partner is, check in with yourself. Why don't you? Because uh. women should enjoy sex just as much as men enjoy sex. And I think it's become such a, uh, like, what's the word? Like a, I don't know, a cliche to say that like women just do it because their husband wants it. Yeah. I, sorry to get uncomfortable here. I enjoy sex. It's great. It's something I look forward to. It's yeah. something, you know, and I, I think it becomes such a stigma that women don't enjoy it and it's all for the man. Huh. So I think sometimes when you think about it like that of when he's communicating with me that he wants sex, I probably also do too, but maybe there's factors outside of it that I just need to talk through or express to him why I'm maybe not feeling it right then or whatever. And I think that's helped us a lot in finding common ground and also improved our sex life, sex life like immensely. Yeah. Are you uncomfortable right now? What? <laughs> <laughs> not everybody out. No, it's totally my hammer now. That was good, though. No, no it's I, super good. I, I agree. Yeah, because it's like kind of to your point is like there's times where it's like this is just a burden. To her. I mean, it's just like like you say, what do you need? Okay, fine. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Happy. Oh, yeah. That doesn't feel good for me either. Like, I don't no. like that. And so, yeah, I think it does boil down to the communication and and. I don't know. And I, I like, I feel like probably most people communicate like we've kind of begun to, but, you know, maybe not. But everything changes when we are like, probably to, for myself, uncomfortably open between each other, which I, I mean, to a level I've never been. Yeah. But um, I think that's helped tremendously. And, and it's because there are, there were so many times where I'm like, she just views this as a total burden. Yeah. And it's like, I'm I'm embarrassed to talk to my wife about it. Why am I embarrassed? Yeah. And feel awkward about being like hey. But also that's because right, like I'm you sure don't I talk feel that. about it as a man, that's uncomfortable to say, hey, like to be vulnerable in something so intimate. Right. I think that's gotta be uncomfortable for a man. Whereas I think women are just naturally a little bit more open with that. Yeah. And maybe not all, but me personally, I guess I can only speak for myself, but. Yeah. It's like until we got yeah. to that point, it was like legit, like when we were dating, it's like, do I yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like in marriage, I'm like, well, shouldn't feel this awkwardness about seven just eight. being open. No, I'm just saying like oh. in the past. <laughs> yeah. Married for seven and a half. <laughs> but, uh, but I'm like, I shouldn't feel like. Like legit, like I'm dating of like, do I, do I dare hold her hand? Yeah. Am I going to be like overbearing here? 
my wife. Yeah. Can I talk and to her? And best friend. It? Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think until we got to that point where it's like, you know what? There's nothing we can't talk about, as awkward as it is. And, and there's nothing. I can't say anything that, that is in, that is that is too embarrassing or too because it's it's something that's important to me or it's a way I feel. I, I can't help that that's how I feel. So why should it be embarrassed? To talk to my wife about something. Anything. So good because there's so many people and maybe this is a Utah stigma a little bit. I think it is a little bit because we're kind of raised in an, in a culture in Utah where we don't talk about sex where it's not okay and then all of a sudden it is and. Even if you're not like a frigid person, like even if you felt like in high school you were kind of like maybe a little bit touchy feely, you you could still jump into a marriage and sex and have no idea what the freak you're doing. Totally right. And so it, and it's like it's not talked about at the dinner table. It's not talked about anytime. Me growing up, I never had a birds and the beast talk. That was funny. I never had it. I actually, I mean, awkward, crazy stories. Like I didn't know how you had kids all the way till like I was on my like on my mission, like. Crazy stuff, I'm telling you. That's embarrassing as heck. Don't make a reel out of that. Don't. That was going viral for sure. <laughs> for sure. I mean, it's just crazy stuff because you you don't. I mean, I know people. Um, they got addicted to pornography because they didn't know how to have sex, and so they went online to figure out how to do it, and then they got addicted to oh porn, and then they had to go and figure it out. So, yeah. I mean, it's like there's. The, here's my take on it, and I would love to hear yours. We need to call words the way like we need to say vagina. We need to say penis. Call it a dick, call it whatever. They, whatever they need to hear the words so that as uncomfortable as it may sound coming out of your mouth so that they know what it is before their friends say it. Yeah. And if it just becomes a normal conversation mm-hmm. in a healthy way, now we're not afraid of it. Now we don't have to shun it. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we can break that culture to where when they do get married, it's not as, not have as many problems. Yeah. That also plays into like something we've done with both of our kids from honestly infant okay. like or infancy however you'd say that is when I'm changing a diaper we name the parts as they are always and I do this with my son often what's this what's this what's this who can touch that who can okay. see that and it really opens that dialogue again so when they're 15 years old and we're starting to have or younger probably now but starting to have those conversations that's not the first time he's heard me call his penis a penis right yeah. like it's not it might still be a little bit uncomfortable but it changes the dynamic. And honestly, that's how I was raised. My parents are both very open. My dad's a little more close, but me and my mom are very close. Yeah. And my mom's always been very open with me. Call it what it is. If you have questions, come to me first. Before we got married, my mom was like, do you have questions? You know, and I kind of, I don't know. And she's like, I've been having sex for, I don't know how many years she's been married. 30 years, whatever. And she's like, if you're going to ask somebody, take it from somebody that's had experience and not your friend got got married six months ago, right? You know? And I think it just kind of breaks down that stigma. So starting it from a young age, that also is with like grooming. It prevents a lot of grooming, Mm -hmm. sexual abuse things. It's, it all plays into that. And so I think it's very important, not just for breaking that stigma, but which is so, a totally appropriate, totally appropriate thing right now with the OUR movie coming out and yes. all that stuff. Yes. There's a lot of like when, when we're talking about that and the grooming. Like there was a story um, of somebody here in Southern Utah where, um, at least I hope I don't get this wrong. I believe it was in Southern Utah, it, where there was a little girl that went to one of her teachers, six, seven years old, and said, "Hey, this other teacher in my last class." 
touched my cookie. And she's like, oh, like, tell Mr. So-and-so not to touch your cookie anymore. No, he, he keeps touching my cookie. And and she's like, well, just tell him that you you just want to eat your cookie alone next time. Like, don't touch your cookie, you know. It's just a thinking she's just joking or the teacher's joking around with her. Well, the problem was is that her parents told her instead of a vagina, that the part of her body that is the vagina was a cookie. Yeah. And so what the little girl was trying to communicate to the other teacher was this other teacher is sexually uh, coming on to me and touching me in inappropriate places. If the parents had just called it what it was, then that wouldn't have happened. She would have said, hey, so-and-so just touched my vagina. Yeah. Instant red flags would have went up and they would have gone to the bottom of that. But instead it went on and more kids were affected. And if it would have just happened then, yeah. then there would have been a lot of other kids that were saved. That also plays into, I have heard, maybe somebody fact check this for me, but like kids are much less likely to be sexually abused if they know the correct term and say, don't touch my mm. whatever it may be, right? Because as an adult, that would, you would take a step back. This kid knows what's happening and can communicate this to an adult mm. and I would be more likely to get caught. Mm. So super helpful. On that. Interesting. Yeah. I like that. This is all stuff. I mean, I like I said, I think starting out this before we got on camera, I was like, who knows where this is going to go? <laughs> this is not my plan. <laughs> but it's okay. Like, I think it's, this is healthy and it needs to be talked about for sure. In today's day and age, it it's something that a lot of people struggle with yeah. and needs to be out there on a massive scale. For yeah. sure. And it's not just Utah. It's, no. There's, no. it's everywhere. You guys seen the movie? Oh, you are? Yeah. How was it? I haven't seen it. Oh. Oh, so good. It's so hard to watch, but it's that's what I've heard. So Especially good. as a parent, I cried. It was super hard to watch. Yeah. It was intense. It was amazing. I thought Ron was going to start bite your tongue. Oh, it's was... just like <laughs> hard to it's watch because all you all you see all you see through the whole time, at least for me, I just, you just envision your kids, that being your kid, and just like the oh my gosh, I mean, my blood pressure was probably through the roof the whole time between like the hurt for ruin it for people but for the the hurt that's the scene from from the child standpoint especially but from a parent standpoint everything it's just oh it just makes your blood boil and it literally i mean that that's happening so much and seemingly nothing's done about it but that it comes back to what you said earlier about being comfortable being uncomfortable those are the things that we need to yeah. stop being uncomfortable about yeah like, it is hard to watch, but you have to sit through that whole thing and understand that that's happening. Yep. And that's what, I mean, I, we just watched the, maybe last year, the one on Netflix where, it's a Tim Ballard one where he goes to Haiti, I want to say. Oh, when he does the raid? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And again, hard to watch, hard to hear what the guys are talking about when they're talking about underage girls, mm -hmm. what they're doing. Oh, yeah. oh, it's explicit. Oh, yeah. For sure. You don't want to hear it. Yeah. Um, and you wonder how in the world could... One, how could it come out of somebody's mouth, but in public, like around other people? Yeah. Like you're willing to say that around other people. Mm -hmm. That's insane. Um, but it happens, and it happens on a massive scale. Yep. And I think that that's so funny because it's coming back to what, the way we started this, which is how is your relationship as, as a couple? How is that affecting your kids? How does that affect your family? How do we strengthen the family to where we almost put the shield, right, against that? Yeah. Where they can't break in because the other thing – that I've heard from some of the tactical people that I've talked to in that space is that the predators won't go after strong families as much. 
they don't want to go after strong families because higher chance of getting caught and like they're going to go after them and they're more passionate about it. They're just, they're going to seek them down and kill them. They want to go after people in third world countries, Mm -hmm. preferably, or just places with broken families where the kids just run on the streets all the day. Easy easy to pick off. Kids are, yeah, easy to pick off. Yep. Makes sense. No, 100%. So the family, like that core unit, and we're taught that all the time, but like that is so central to thwarting all the other stuff. Yeah. There was a video I just watched talking about uh, there was a few predators that were interviewed about what they look for when mm. picking a child. And one, all of them had in common that if the dad wasn't present or didn't come off as a threat. So how important their dads? Extremely. Yeah. Like, I can't even push that enough. Dads are so important in a family. Huh. Yeah, that's, that's a roadblock removed if, if so. Yeah, it, it, we, we're in a world in a day and age now where you wonder some sometimes how much the media is pushing this and how much it really actually is believed by the vast majority of America. But where masculinity is kind of being attacked, they call it toxic masculinity now. And although I think there, I get some of the point of that, I'm, you know, I think that in anything you can go too far one way or the other. Um, in times like these or... Maybe I'll say it a different way. You need to know when the time is to be a man. You need to know when it's time to be, as Jordan Peterson says, a monster right. and be able to have that rage or that protective nature or whatever come out. It was built in us for a reason by God, in my opinion. Okay. Why else Why else would he do that where we can just go into this state of mind where it is like fight or flight and we're just like... Uh, yeah. yeah, know how to be a monster and we're ready to fight and be able to what, sheath it, as yeah. can see he puts yeah. it. The, have the ability, but but uh, no one to use it. No one, yeah. Like pull it out of your quiver of arrows, essentially, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. Love the family aspect. Love Leah. Like all of those things. But let's uh let's maybe end a little bit on uh on business stuff. Is that cool? For sure. Business stuff and and where you guys are at. What what are your you guys weekly plan? I know you guys are big goal setters. What are your what are your current goals right now? In business. In business. In business. Go ahead. So, yeah. So, so business. So, um, the main thing for, uh, uh for us as pest control business, right? Have pest control business, um, going on, about, I think 19 years now, uh, we've been going at that. And so, uh, goals for that, I mean, great growth to 20 ish percent growth year over year. Um, oh. and so it's been phenomenal year over year for 19 years. For uh, not for nineteen, but for probably the last uh, four to five wow. years, it's been that. And it's awesome. When we really kind of gotten after things, uh, and have a great, uh, great crew, uh, a lot of great employees. My my brother, uh, Braden is my is our we're partners on it, and so he's uh, he's awesome. He pushes things, and and we both we get that question a lot. How does it how does it go Between working with two brothers? Yeah. As partners, and I, it's honestly, it's we've n- we've never had an issue. I wow. think we complement each other on how we do things. He's he's the very much kind of the red, like this is what we're doing, get it done. And then I I'm just kind of the I don't I don't know how you describe it, I guess. But we we would just complement each other ex- incredibly well, and it just works. And and so yeah, growing like crazy. And so our I mean goals for that, I guess, kind of I have a paper on my computer. I, I I, uh, I stare out of a five year five year plan and yeah. and it's to, you know potentially like I guess one of one of two things, 
Um, the main is to uh, just get that uh, more self-sustained, right? We had no, there was no playbook for how we started it. So we, we, we were working ourselves out of being so involved, which we got ourselves into, which has been great because it got us to where we are. But it's, it's really hard to work ourselves back out of it and have it much more self-sustained. We're well on track, so and long-term, short and long-term goals with that. Much more self-sustained uh, and efficient and, and delegation to our awesome, awesome guys. And so that's kind of uh, where that is and just and have it poised to uh, just continued growth, right? I think I've heard it. Can your business grow if you're not there? Yeah. Can it sustain if you're not there? And it's much more. Not to argue the business. Most people don't have businesses, right? Because they're working in. The you own a job or own a business kind of thing, right? And most blue collar businesses are that way. For sure. Oh yeah. So so heavily involved, and so we've got guys capable of of handling all that, and just and it's just the continual process of working toward that, and so that's uh, yeah, just getting getting that uh, completely self sustained, the, the value of that's just uh, increasing incrementally. That's yeah, I think it's like forty five percent, about a twenty twenty two percent. And so it's been it's been awesome um, learning as we're going because it's definitely growing. Like we get to like summer's busy season, right? Winter's not as yep. bad. It's definitely still yeah. steady and busy. Bugs slow down a little bit. Yeah, slow down a little bit. And so we got ourselves poised through winter, and we're like, okay, this should should be in good yeah. shape to sustain. And it's crazy, crazy. Right? It's crazy. Yeah. And so we've got uh, seven full time guys, not counting my brother mm-hmm. and I. And so. Running right now about 90, 90 stops a day, ninety mm-hmm. to hundred stops a day, and uh, and so that's a lot of moving parts. Yep, a lot of people's schedules to work around. A lot of product. A lot of product. Yeah. Make sure you have enough. A lot of product. So so how long have you guys been married? That I'm I'm getting somewhere with this. How long have you been married? Seven and a half. Seven and a half years. So nineteen years. So here's my question. <laughs> He'd been running this for twelve years ish, eleven, twelve years. When you stepped into it, what did you think? What was your thoughts of like, oh, you got this pest control business that's up and running? Were you like, I'm proud of you, like you're so rich, you're amazing, <laughs> or were you like, or like oh, we're set for life, or were you like, what well, you know, what were your thoughts? So we, I think you know this, but we're ten years apart. He's ten years older than me, and when we initially started, well, actually, when we first met, I was nineteen when we met, and we dated for about two years, but when we very first met, I was so turned off by the whole idea that he had a house he had a business i was terrified i'm like 19 yeah i'm like i don't know if i'm ready for that so initially it was a little scary to me and then when we started dating and obviously it was really nice when we got married i moved into a home and not an apartment or you know it's been great it's obviously such a blessing and i'm incredibly proud of him the way he runs his business and the way he carries himself is something I admire big time in him and he he's, lots he's of people really admire Braun for sure I'm one of them yeah <laughs> yes, I don't know. I wish I was the number stoic. one thing when people know that I'm married to him they're like your husband is Good amazing dude. like I know I don't have 20 to give you a target <laughs> gift card or something you can send me a Venmo <laughs> okay so you're like hey this is cool after a while yeah and then did it stay cool or were you like come home more like what was that like no, I think Braun's schedule, he's always been very aware of family. That's always been a goal of his. And so he's usually home by 2, 2.30 in the afternoon, and it's great. So I really can't complain about that. There are days, like, 
when he started doing real estate again, there are longer days. Obviously, he has he'll come home and then do real estate. Yep. But Brown works. I can't swear on this, but dang hard for our family. And <laughs> you can't. It's been done, but it's okay. Whatever. And I appreciate all he does for us. He, yeah. He's awesome. The kids are my mom's going to listen to this. That's <laughs> I mean, we talked about sex. So at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so 19 years. How old were you when you started? So I, so it's like, it's all super random early, honestly, how it all began. But hmm. I was uh, kind of like junior year of high school. Um, my dad uh, had kind of started things with my brother and they were kind of doing it. And I was kind of after high school, right? I'd go kind of go do some sprays, that kind of thing, start working into it. And um, like post high school, post mission, then came over and uh, kind of came more full time and then kind of partnered with my brother. He was 100% owner at the time. And then I took ownership, uh, you know, part ownership. And then we just kind of ran with it. And so it's been, uh, yeah, it was kind of, can't forget exactly what your question was, but when you started it, basically, like, what was it like when you started it 19 years ago, and how did you do it? And yeah, so, so yeah, you're on the right track. Yeah, so it was super random how we we did it because we we moved here from Wyoming when I was a sophomore in high school. Pest control is not a thing, or it wasn't a thing up there. You just didn't do it. You have like three months of weather that anything can survive in, and then it's just yeah, and then it's just <laughs> yeah. a crap shoot after that. And so um, moved down here and. Grandparents were like, you guys can bring your house sprayed. We're like, what? What's okay? Whatever. I mean, and then, uh, so we did that. And then um, my dad started kind of buying his own stuff and doing it. And then he had a couple of neighbors ask him to do it. And he's like, he goes, to my brother who was in college at the time, he's like, this could be something that you guys could run with. And so literally out of a trunk of a, can't even what the car is, Alero. I think it was an Alero, Oldsmobile Alero. A couple of hand sprayers and just knocking doors, cold calling just people in the phone book. Wow. And uh, kind of started running from there and just slowly, it was a slow build for many years. And then it, and then it just it just took it's off. taking off for funerals. Yeah. Just... yeah, word of mouth. It's St. George, you know, you know, St. George is, it's, it's big, but super He's small. guy, this guy. Yeah, it's 100%, you know him. And so word of mouth, we really don't advertise at all. That's awesome. We have an online presence if it can, I mean, you have to search it out. Or word of mouth, and we pick up three, three to five a day in the heated season just by word of mouth. Yeah, that's awesome. That's interesting too, because I remember when I started in like moving in real estate. You know, you're talking about how just I don't spend any money on ad spend either for yeah either one of those really in real estate. I'm trying some right now. I just turned it off because I'm so sick of it. It's like. (laughs) It's like I see this money going. I'm like, I don't really need to. Like, you know, if yeah. people are still calling me. Like, I don't need to do that. But um, what I'm getting at is like, I remember a mentor of mine seven years ago talking to me like, if you will just be honest and you start building the right way, you'll start off slow. But if you can survive for three years and do a good job in real estate, you'll make it. And you'll be able to make it. And I think it's probably not just real estate. And, it's, and maybe there is a little bit of a small town feel here. I'm curious to know how do, how that would do in California. But people are people. Man. Yeah. People have feelings. People care about people who care. They have emotions. They want a bug guy that cares. They want a roofer that cares. They want anybody who cares. And if oh, you yeah. kind of if you just care about your business and show up in a different way, present yourself in a different. You're you're remembered. That's a hundred percent who they are. I mean, every Christmas they're doing random people's lights. Him and his brother will go and do it, or their employees. 
or change light bulbs and HOAs that, you know, they get fined or whatever if their light bulbs are out. They have certain people that they'll do that every few weeks or however long it is. And it's because they've taken the time to care and that's why they've sustained and now are just excelling because of that care. And to, like, to your point, it's, uh, I mean, uh, it's funny. We get questions, I get questions all, all the time from pest control guys, door knockers about how we do it. We're very unconventional. Yeah. And how we do approach yeah. pest control. No contract. Like, no contract. Well, it's totally opposite than door knocking. Oh, totally opposite. Totally opposite. Right. They're all like push, 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 sell, sell, sell. Yep, contracts. Smile, contracts. all the little pieces. We have zero contracts. And our whole thing is, if you if if you like us, you're going to call us back. And that's, you tell we don't place. lose customers. I mean, it's a rare. If it is, it's uh, my son-in-law started a pest control. Yeah. That's, that's how we lose customers, really. Outside of that, it's, I mean, you can't keep everyone happy. But, I mean... 95 to 100 percent of our customers would maintain it's if it, it's i think it's that thing of we, we want to earn your business over and over again and if we do you're not going anywhere and you're in people's homes too which is a huge factor right you're only going to let somebody in your home that you trust That's or care about yeah yeah around your kids dog whatever yeah yes whatever that you know whatever your business is that if you're in people's homes or you're involved in people's lives in any capacity they're choosy yeah yep. as they should be yep Okay, last question, I think, and this one's for Brown. Because in the pest control business, you're going to get people that are pissed off. Yeah. And I think you told me one time that you're, got, you're the guy that, if it gets too bad, you're the one that takes the call. Is that true? You and your brother, maybe, but you. Yeah, my brother and I, if it's, yeah, if it's, oh, it's one of us. Your guys don't take it. it to you. Yeah. yeah. It comes to you at the end of the day. I, I think this is probably for, it's still for entrepreneurs because everybody deals with this, especially in the blue collar space, especially. But. Young entrepreneurs that are starting business and maybe you're like, should I keep going because I just pissed, somebody just got super, super pissed at me and I feel like giving up. Maybe a couple questions here. One, how do you deal with it personally? Like not let it get to you. Stoic Brown. And do you, I think this is what I'm trying to say. Like when do you know when to like cut ties and let it go or to be the person that keeps them around? Like what's the balance there? It's hard. I think it's, I guess, my, my Braden's probably better at dealing with some of that, the anger of customers better. Um, but I, I had one just before we came. <laughs> Literally an hour ago, I had one where it was a guy that, um, I think most often it just comes from miscommunication. And, yeah. and it's yeah. 100%. And this one was no different. We we had an appointment to go spray guy's house. He called and canceled like an hour before. S- screws us up, screws us up because then I have you know we have a half hour slot where we're paying a guy to sit unless he can figure something or we can find something to fill the gap. And so we're like, okay, it, um, we I rescheduled. I called him and said, okay, when works. We set another time. No shows us calling him. Nothing. No shows us. So we're now 60 minutes, an hour of our time for this guy. And he's, and um, so typically people get a reminder if they don't cancel 24 hours before we have a cancellation fee of 35 bucks. That's just so we're not in the hole. If so you, you don't pay sure. well. Yeah. Because yeah. we're in the hole showing right. up at your door. Right. And so, and, and he didn't want to pay it. He's like, I called and canceled. I was like, that was the first one, like an hour before. And then I called and said, 2.30 on this day and you said I can make it work and uh, and so he was throwing he was throwing everything at me 
And so he was a tenant of a landlord. And so he's like, I'm all right, I'll go to my landlord. Like, all right, fine. Do I know, I know the landlord. And so landlord called, anyways, this is, it was just back and forth. And it, you know, it came down to, is it worth, to me, it always comes down to what's it, what's it worth? What's it worth? Who's it going to hurt more? And, and so ultimately what we did, we ended up just wiping it out because we have a great relationship with the landlord. We've done business for, geez, probably 15, 16 years. Wow. And so it's, it, it, that's one of those that it's like, you're more important than the cancellation fee. We'll just, we'll take a hit on this. Yeah. But it does come down to if there's a track record or if it's a person that's just like, you know, it doesn't matter what we do. You're not going to be happy. And so I, I try to, I try to look outside myself and say, okay, what, what's their thought process? Why are, where are they feeling? Yeah. Hip? Yeah. Which is hard to do, especially when you're yeah. like, I just want to charge you triple yeah, and just, <laughs> just hope you'll leave or just pay it and be like, all right, well, you're worth dealing with. Yeah. But, and so I, that's, that's the hardest part is to try and see where someone's coming from because often it's unrealistic to be yeah. honest, oh. often. And so, I don't know. It, there's you have to pick your battles, and, and what's what's it worth? And you know what? Is this going to end up costing me more down the road, or is this you know what? We're ju- we're just going to take a bath on this, yeah. And and it's going to pay off in the long run. Yeah. And I think you know you mentioned like cost, like what's it going to cost us down the road? And the, the thing that came to my mind when you said that is like, if but like with people that are pain in the butt, the cost on that in your time, your energy the stress that it causes you you're so focused sometimes and, and and this is for everybody that's an entrepreneur sometimes we get so focused on the PL, like the profit and loss and we're just like we we need it we need to make more money we can't let this person go because then we're behind and we get so focused on that that we don't realize that if they're negatively affecting the driver of the business you can't drive and if you would just get rid of that one person i've seen this in my life it's the it's the ability to say no and if you can do that, it's almost like you can go pick up 10 more clients that are just seamless. You never talk to them. And sometimes they think we have, what, what would you call it? Like lack of faith, I think, of like, where's it going to come? But it always comes. And it doesn't weigh you down. And so I think that's a huge principle for a lot of, I wouldn't even say young entrepreneurs. Like there's entrepreneurs that have been doing stuff for 40 years that played this tune. They just don't want to let people go because how am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to do this? Or I need to make more money. To focus on the, the what ifs of the negative and yeah. there's something good can come from it. Yeah. You think of humans too, like every human has a certain amount of bandwidth, right? Yeah. And when you hit your max, your max is done. You can't take on anything else. So if you let that one person go, I think a lot of times you're surprised how much bandwidth yeah. negative energy takes versus positive energy. Mm-hmm. So losing one will free up more for you to take on three, five, ten more. Yes. But that's hard. Yes. <laughs> so one of the things I've been thinking about with energy is like it with energy, like we all are just like these satellite towers in a way of energy. And if you are like around people all the time in your business, and I felt this way so many times that I'm around people, I'm just like, I would never hang out with them on the weekend. I don't want to be around them. I am just doing business with them to be able to pay my bills. And Every entrepreneur is thinking this right now. 
but they're a satellite tower and if they're negative and they have negative energy it is not worth taking that on and bringing that into your family life and it's tough especially when you're starting out because you do kind of have to take what you can get and you do kind of have to make sacrifices i think when you're starting out to be able to get things rolling and get to where you need to go but once you get to a certain point my my point is you got to start looking at people as energy towers and what are you what are you transmitting to them but what are they transmitting back to you? And if it's not beneficial, it's not worth it. And that's, I think, for me, like when... Well, yeah, in a business, it's the same, right? Because if you have one negative employee, it affects all your employees. And so oh, yeah. it drains Cancer. them. Yeah, and even if you're like, I'm going to be down a guy and how am I going to fill that spot? If the negative energy is gone, your other people, their positive energy fills that gap really quick. Mm-hmm. They're willing to take on more because the the energy is high and you're directing it in a way that uplifts, right? And they enjoy being there. They want to do more when people feel appreciated or feel good. So good. So good. Building teams, I think, is so important. And having that energy, that camaraderie, and then being able to make sure that it doesn't seep in. Yeah. Because sometimes things can be going great in a business, and then all of a sudden somebody something happens, like somebody gets a divorce or somebody loses a family member. And just something happens in their life that disrupts it. They become a cancer, yep. can blow everything up. So you have to like always be watching your team, motivating, inspiring, but like talk to them and like be around them so that you know what's going on in your business. I've seen that. The only reason I'm saying that is because of the moving business. Yeah. I have all these movers similar. You have guys go on routes. You're trusting them with people's furniture to yeah. not break it. Oh yeah. And if there's if there's a cancer in the group, it can go downhill real fast. Real but fast. also meeting your own employees with grace too, right? They are human. So maybe if something does happen, there's a death in the family or a divorce or something. If you have a relationship with your team and saying, hey, I see this is what's happening. Can I help support you? It can also build them back up. I don't think people always have to stay at a negative place, but sometimes they just need somebody else to pull them up a little, you know? For sure. For sure. Super good stuff today. Appreciate you guys coming. That was fun. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Like we had some cool topics. We kind of bounced around all over the place. (laughs) We had some topics. That's for sure. I feel like we have some reels for Luke. To be able to put out there so. for sure. Heck yeah. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Seriously. Oh, heck yeah. Um really, really appreciate it. I know your time is valuable and, and this was fun for me. And I'm glad that we got some of those things out there, especially with intimacy and family relationships, especially. Because I really don't think that that's talked about enough. And maybe it's just me. Oh, we admire what you're doing. We are oh, big fans of yours. So we thank you. appreciate you having thank us you. and we're here cheering you on. And thanks for having us. We appreciate Absolutely, it. Man. Awesome. We appreciate it. Okay, guys, hey, thanks for staying this long. If you got value out of this episode or some of the other episodes, share it. Like, this is something that we want out there to be able to help bless the lives of other people and be able to help them be the best version of themselves. So share it with your family, share it with your friends um, if if you want to. We would love to be able to help you um, in your life too. So uh, for you guys, I know you said you got off social media, but if they want to contact you guys, how do they do that? I'm still on Instagram very much. I just have backed off a little bit, but yeah, still on and So if they want to network chatting. with your Instagram, do you mind giving it on it's the podcast? It's just Lacey Likes, L-A-C-E-E-L-I-K-E-E-S. And Ron, do you have I do. I do. I'm, 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 I'm super <laughs> low-key Instagram guy. Uh, just random stories and random crap here and there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just Bron Bird, B-R-O-N-B-E-R-G. Okay, awesome. Go follow these guys. They're great people. They're people that you want to get to know, but... Thanks again, guys. We'll see you next time.